Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Not Your Average Joe Show. Hey, if you're feeling frustrated at the level of progress that you're making on your most important goals already in 2021, or if you're feeling stuck and you need greater clarity on how to move beyond obstacles and challenges that are in your life right now, then this episode is for you. I've got my good friend, Sam Silverstein, with us. He's an internationally acclaimed consultant, coach, and business advisor, and he's the recognized global authority on accountability and leadership. I can't wait for you guys to hear what he has to share today. I'll be right back with you. This is the Not Your Average Joe Show, where each week we bring you sales, marketing, and mindset strategies you need to get to your next level. And now, here's your host, international business mentor, Joe Soto. Yes, we've got Sam Silverstein with us today. Welcome, Sam. Hey, it's great to be here, Joe. Hey, Sam, we should call this the Not Your Average Sam Show. Do you want to know why? Why is that? Because my name is my middle name is Samuel. Wow. Well, <laughs> I never knew that, and I've known you for quite a while. It's interesting. You've been you've been keeping things from me, have yes. you? Yes. So? And two of my nine children have Sam as their name. So Samantha, my daughter, and then Denver, my youngest is Denver Samuel. Oh, wow. How cool yeah. is that? Yep. So Sam, Sam is my, one of my favorite names. So awesome. I'm glad you're here. You are not the average Sam. <laughs> I'm trying not to be. I am trying not to be. I'm so glad you're here. I know we've got um, a lot of ground to cover. And you, uh, my friend, when we first met, you had like one book out, which was the No More Excuses book. This is like the original uh, first edition. Um, and then since then, you've written like t- 10 other books. You, yeah. Um, you've been on a roll, man, this, this last wow. decade. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been crazy. We've discovered some things and we saw what sort of impact it was having on people and in their organizations. Yeah. And the more feedback we were getting, the more we, we leaned into it. And so, yeah, what's your, it's awesome. I'm really excited with what we've done. I'm even I'm I'm excited about what's coming because we have so many things in the pipe coming. So it's it's a good time, Joe. Well, I'm naming this show No More Excuses. You were um one of the first inspirations um for me in kind of honing this self-responsibility mindset. And I'm so appreciative of of, of it and uh really excited for the the stuff that you've been putting out and the stuff that you've got coming down the road. But today's episode, we're just going to give some really awesome information for our for our guests here. Um, I'm going to start. I'm going to start with some accountability stuff because you're like the expert on accountability. But I want to really talk about um, some of the stuff that's in your latest book, <clears throat> and I think it has um, it'll have a lot. Of, it'll resonate with a lot of people who are on here today. So we're, you know, you, as you know, my audience is a mix of entrepreneurs. Uh, then we got agencies, and we got consultants, we got coaches on here. Um, and people from all different walks of life. My and people. you, you, uh, we've got people. You, you talk about um, accountability not being a consequence, and this is the number one thing that stood out for me in this book, by the way, which is what turned me on to your, uh, your work and, and you, which was you say that accountability is your competitive advantage. It's your advantage, and I love that take on it. Can you explain a little bit about what you mean by that, so we can? Lighten the load of what people think is like the stuffy way they describe the word accountability. You've got a, 
a much better way to describe it as a competitive advantage. You know what, Joe, that might be the last question we answer today. (laughs) Uh, By the Mm. time we get through the conversation, they'll understand so much. We've discovered so much since that book even was written. Here's, here's how we see accountability. The reason we struggle with accountability is because we don't know what it is. The reason society struggles with accountability is because everything we've been taught about accountability is wrong. Accountability is not a way of doing. Accountability is a way of thinking. And specifically, it's how we think about people. Accountability is keeping your commitments to people. Accountability is keeping you. We're responsible for things, but we're accountable to people. And since people, people are involved, it's always going to be a higher level of thinking. And while, you know, we're going to have to come back and have a few, like half a dozen master classes, Joe, but when I say keeping your commitments to people, commitment is no matter what, but yeah. the commitments I'm talking about are not the tactical commitments. I'm talking about the relational commitments. And those are like a commitment to live the values, a commitment to stand by you when all hell breaks loose, a commitment to help lead you to your potential, to be your very best. It's these commitments that we make in our lives that help people become their best. And in the process, what happens is we nurture a relationship. They would rather die than let us down because we're accountable to them first. Love that. Love that. And then you, you, let's 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 um, dive into some of the principles in this in this book, because I think, um, you you know, you may not consider yourself necessarily a, a, a personal growth expert um, because of the labels that you know, the world puts on you. And I know you help companies and corporations around the world. Um, and you help people, you help individual coaches, you help consultants uh, get more transformative results with their clients. You help coaches, um, you know, get, get um, you know, help their clients uh, get more transformational results in their businesses. And you do it because it's, it's some of these principles are honed with uh, what you talk about in the book Pivot. You talk about three big questions. So can we dive into that? You say. Let's do it. Um, um, I have on here, what are the three big questions and walk us through them? Because I think as, as simple as they are, they're so needed right now in the time that we're in. And by the way, you wrote this book this year and you were one of the first people to coin this term, I think, before it became popularized. And now everyone's saying you know, we, you're, you're pivoting, but you wrote the book on it. So let's exactly. talk about it. Exactly. About well, actually, uh, I just finished a book um, on March 6th and sent it to my publisher. And on March 28th, I called my publisher and I said, there is a need right now for a book. And and this is what it is. And he says, Sam, you know, I got to before you even get into this, you need to know we're not taking on any new projects right now. I mean, everything's closed down. Amazon's not taking uh, shipments. I said, well, let me tell you what the book is. He says, of course. I told him what the book was. He says, we'll do it. I said, when do you want the manuscript? He says, how about tonight? I said, no, that's not going to happen, but I'll have it for you by June 1st. And so literally started April 1, finished on June 1. Pivot is a book that's not about a way of doing, it's a way of thinking. People that use the term pivot, we hear this all the time, Joe. I need to pivot what we're doing. We need to go in a different direction. Well, it's not about changing what you do. It's about changing how you think. Love that. Action yeah. follows belief. When we understand what it is that we're thinking, then we'll, we can connect the result we're getting to that way of thinking. If we're not getting the result we want, it's going to connect back to a way of thinking that's not working. If we're getting the result we want, it's probably connecting back to a way of thinking that is working. So in the book, Pivot, we look at three specific questions that connect to the way that we think. Because if we can ask and answer these questions, then what happens is we'll get a certain clarity of thinking 
and will be able to, as I like to put it, seize opportunities and walk through that door because there's opportunities that are coming to us all the time. We just have to be able to walk through the door. That's what pivoting is, but we can't walk through the door if we don't have the right way of thinking. So it's a, it's a mindset shift. And the entire book is, if I can get people to see this and, and to, to understand that it's a mindset, then the rest will come much more naturally. The pivoting of the action of pivot will actually come much more naturally. So let's talk about well, first, let's back, let's back up a little bit, right? Because we're in the middle of a, hopefully we're towards the end of the pandemic, but you wrote this early on and saw the need for the mindset shift, right? So were these questions like they just fall out of a tree for you or how did you come up with your three big questions? Back in the end of January, the beginning of February, I was leaving town. I'd just gotten off the phone with a client actually. And I'm supposed to speak at a meeting of about 500 people for a major international corporation. And um, and I always ask the client, you know, what's a home run look like to you? What do you want me to do to make this look like a home run? And and the guy gives me the same answer I get every time. It's unbelievable. He says, give us three good points and motivate my people. Well, normally I only have one. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking my program's got dozens of, of points in there. I'm like Mr. Content because I, I just believe that there needs to be a lot of content. Um, Normally, I have one call with a client. With this client, we had three. I have no idea why we had three. And literally, just like three days before I'm leaving town, same thing. Give them three points. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, what if I narrowed it down to three things that I wanted them to focus on and frame this whole speech around three things? What would those three things be? And I thought, started thinking and thinking. I literally, Joe, I prayed over it. What are those three things? And Nothing was happening. I got on the airplane and I flew to Atlanta where I was going to deliver the speech. And I went to the hotel and uh, right late afternoon, the night before the program, all of a sudden, it was as if somebody was speaking into my ear three specific questions. And I said, that's the answer. That's what we not just what they need. That's what we all need. And I did something that night that I hadn't done in 28 years as a professional speaker. I literally I rewrote my speech the night before the program. Now, wow. nobody does that. That's insane. No, right. um, but I did that and I built this program around these three big questions and they went nuts the next day. And then ever since then, it's been a part of my program and we wrote the book and we've helped uh, hundreds, if not thousands of people implement these three questions in their life, in their business, in their organization. And it's been huge. You, your, um, your questions are simple and they shed they give clarity to something i was saying when this all kind of the crisis was kind of hitting and people were changing how they were going to meet with people virtually and everything else and um there's a state of fear that that uh you know clients had so i saw a lot of agencies and consultants and coaches in my world um losing clients because their clients were fearful and they didn't have tools or a toolkit to be able to go to them with, or even a mind, or quite honestly, more importantly, a mindset that they could share with the clients that would help them uh, get clarity. And that really, I, I always say fear is because you don't, it, fear it tends to stem from not being clear on what the end of that tunnel looks like. So, so people can't see the end of the tunnel. If they're afraid of what's the, on the other side. If you can't see the other side of a pandemic, you get fearful. You don't know when it's going to end. You don't know how long it's going to draw out. Your questions give clarity. Um, I think, you know, sometimes the power is in the simplicity of these questions. And one of them is on what you focus on. And, um, 
I think people, they, they lose focus really easily. So how do you, how do you keep it? Like, what do you do to get people on track? So here's the thing. And you talked about fear. Um, do you, there's two sides to this whole focus conversation. What do you focus on? Well, do you focus on what you can control or do you focus on what you can't control? Because when Great. you focus on what you can't control, you stop dead in your tracks, Brilliant. you make excuses, and you bring massive amounts of fear into your life. And so that's what was happening at the beginning of the pandemic. People were focused on what they couldn't control. What can't you control? Well, you can't control a virus, not in that moment, okay? Right. Um, you can't control what's going on in the economy. You can't control what's happening with businesses. You can't control what government, the choices that they are making. And so those people that focus on all that stuff that they can't control got bogged down. Now, what about the people that focused on something else, like what they could control? What did they do? Well, I'll tell you what they did. They went out onto the internet. They went onto YouTube. They lo started looking at what streamers have been doing for years and they gained insights. And all of a sudden they took this virtual world, which is, um, to quote a friend of mine, been gifted to us um, and made it happen because they took the technology that was out there because they focused on what they could control. I can control, I can build a studio, I can call people, I can do virtual work with clients one-on-one -on -one, in large groups, whatever it is. The technology's here. So the question is, what are you focused on? Are you focused on what you can control or are you focused on what you cannot control? All right. Now, the other side of this, which connects to the question that you asked, deals with, with, with mindfulness. In other words, we are faced with decision points throughout the day. And many times we'll go, oh, you know what? I wish I had done such and such. And basically what's happened is we, we fall into the trap of hindsight is twenty twenty. The yeah. key is to notice the decision points when they present themselves. And no one bats a thousand on this. But if you notice okay. the decision points, the choice points, when they present themselves, then we can choose how are we going to act? Are we going to, are we going to act with abundance? Or are we going to act with scarcity? Are we going to act with um, gratitude? Or are we going to act with entitlement? These are all things that come into play, but we have to train ourselves to notice those choice points that we are facing throughout the day. Man, I, I love that. This is, we can be done right now. And that's more than enough value for everyone to chew on and to quite honestly rewind and re-listen to because um, you've given a new way to think about this, um, starting with um, what you're focusing, what, if you're focusing on things you control versus not, and you're right, that you, you, in, you induce fear, uh, not just in yourself, but in others, right? If you're a leader of an organization, imagine how important what you're focusing on has this ripple effect through your organization, through your company, with your employees, with people that maybe hire virtual teams and so on. You're the conduit. Yeah, exactly. You're the leader. So what happens is if you're living with fear, they're living with fear. If you're focused on what you can't control, they're focused on what they can't control. Because where the head goes, the body flows. All eyes on you, the leader. That's why it's critical that the leader invest the time, the energy, the resources to master this. Because you cannot give what you don't have. And as a leader, you need to be able to give to your people to help them be the best they can be. That's accountable leadership. And, and, it's, uh, and it's role modeling this, right? So I, this is what I encourage. This is why I encourage people to um, have their own show or to have their own podcast so they can be a voice of something to focus on that's in the right direction and they can lead their own movements. You've got the accountability movement. I mean, you're 
role modeling everything that you, you're talking about. I'm going to widen this so everybody can see his studio. So he's got this, you pivoted and, and uh, had this mindset. You chose what you're focusing on. You got a beautiful studio and you, cause you were used to traveling how often per year? A lot, a lot, right? I mean, you're on an airplane at least monthly yeah. and you're traveling and you're speaking at different organizations, not just around the country, but sometimes around the world. You've been a president of the National Speakers Association, for goodness sakes, and you know that speaker world got completely jolted, got disrupted, and you are modeling for your peers how you navigate those waters. And I think that's extremely admirable. And I love, J Justin says, choice, choice points. I love it. He's absolutely right. Um, pointing that out as his decision points, his choice points, fa fantastic. Let's talk a little bit about belief. And okay. you, you, you hinted at it earlier. You said belief drives the action. So the first right? the question, action follows the belief. Right. And so we, you know, the first question. I know we're backing was, into the question. Yeah. That's okay. It's good. It's all good. As long as we get there. Um, that first question is, what do you believe? Now, when I ask people that question, it blows their brains. What do I believe about what? <laughs> what do you believe about everything? Because if action follows belief, then it absolutely matters what you believe. And it means it's critically important for us to be a part of this process, this thought process that we have. We need to constantly be evaluating what it is that we're thinking. And so, you know, what do you believe about the world? What do you believe about your potential? What do you believe about the people around you? Look, as a leader, if you believe that all your people are the problem, you're going to treat them differently than if you believe that all your people can come together and solve the problem. So what you Love believe that. is critical. Um, three specific things, you know, for the because of time, I would say we need to know we need to know what we believe. Our beliefs are inward facing, but our values are outward facing. We need to know what our values are because we connect through the values. The second thing is we need to know what our unique purpose is. And our unique purpose is always what brings us joy in the service of others. It's not our unique purpose right. to make a million dollars, to drive a fancy car, live in a big home. Those can be goals. That's fine. But that's not your purpose. Um, it's like our purpose in business is not to make money. I hear this all the time. What's your purpose to make money? No, it's not. Look, as human beings, we need to breathe to stay alive. But our purpose is not to breathe. A business has to make money to stay in existence. But that's not the purpose of the business. Great analogy. And then the third thing that we need to know is 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 what is our mission? Now, your mission is your Purpose is like two sides of a coin. Purpose is inward facing. Mission is outward facing. And so your mission is your what, your purpose is your why, and your values are your how. And when you align that, that's when the magic happens. You're one of the first people I've ever heard explain uh, values and beliefs in the way that you do. But let's real quick, for the interest of time, let's tackle the last question about which is centered around what you're committed to. Okay. What do you, let's talk about commitments. Ah, oh, the dreaded, dreaded, dreaded see what, what do I have to commit to. Joe, you're killing me. That's two hours. That's I know. Hours. I know. I know. Um, it's okay. We can okay. go a few extra so, minutes. All right. Commitments. Here's what I want you to think about. First of all, what is a commitment? A commitment is no matter what. It's not an if, it's not a maybe, it's not if something better comes along. Uh, there is no gray. It's black and white. A commitment is no matter what. When you know I'm committed to you, you want to be committed to me. Leaders make commitments to their people and keep them. That's what creates loyalty. That's what creates accountability. Now, 
here's what we need to focus on. There's tactical commitments and relational commitments. Mm. Tactical commitments are spoken. Tactical commitment. I'll get you the report tomorrow afternoon by three o'clock. I'll be there at your house at six o'clock tonight to pick you up for the game. I'll take the trash out. They're spoken. They're tactical. Tactical commitments produce productivity. Productivity is good. Nothing wrong with tactical commitments, but tactical commitments do not produce accountability. The other kind of commitments, relational commitments that I touched on before, a commitment, and there's 10 of them, a commitment to the truth, a commitment to a good name, a commitment to live the values, a commitment to stand by you when all hell breaks loose, a commitment to it's all of us, which means if you fail, I fail. If you succeed, I succeed. Those commitments are unspoken. (laughs) Yeah, they're in there. We make those commitments and we keep them. And when we do, through our actions, the people around us know that we've got their back. We're committed to the relationship. We're committed to their success. And then you know what happens? They're committed to ours. And so it's making and keeping those unspoken relational commitments that build that accountability. Now, here's what happens. Relational commitments go towards accountability. When you build accountability first in your life through modeling it and then inspiring it in others, increased accountability will spin off Mm. an increase in productivity. So increased productivity does not yield accountability. But when you put your time and energy in building accountability, what happens is you also get an increase in productivity. Wow, this is like, this blow, like a, no, this is a rapid head. fire masterclass on an entirely new way to think about accountability um, and the, the role this plays in your life. And I, this is what's so refreshing, everyone, about Sam Silverstein and his, and his work is that it's, it's all one big mindset shift. And once you start shifting the mindset and you open yourself up to the different, like the 10 commitments he's talking about um, and all these different life guiding principles is really what they are. Not just business guiding principles. These are life guiding principles. This is applicable whether you're a solopreneur working as a solar business coach or entrepreneur in your in your business, or if you've got a large team working for a Fortune 100 company, it's applicable. But also, I think it's to us personally, fathers, wives, we're in relationships. Um, it's It's got that personal application to get that stuff right first. There's no work-life balance, in my opinion. It's just figuring out, like you just got done talking about, what is your purpose? And when all that's aligned, then you just are. You are just, you're doing as a result of what you believe. Um, you um, Last thing, if we can wrap this up, because this is one of my um, uh, favorite ways of thinking about this. You talk oh, about I thought, I thought we were. I, I know. We're, we're supposed gonna, to be wrapping up. I thought we were doing a 24-hour gig here. I know. I, know. I, I wish we could. But here's the thing. I guarantee you everyone's going to want to have you back. And that's that's my goal is that people want you to come back and we'll come back and we'll deeper dive into this type of stuff. Right. And um, you say just real quick for people who are on here who tend to be the excuse makers. You talk about excuses being expensive. Right. OK. And, you know, well, we have to get your original question, Joe, say it again. If we're going to run out of time, we have to get back to your original question, which is. Why is accountability your competitive advantage? So do you yeah. want to go back there? Let's, 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 do you have time? Can we do it? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's jump in. I, real the quick. reason is, look, accountability is built on a relationship. If, it's, if you're talking about relationships, keeping your commitments to people, letting them, leading them to their potential to be their best, being accountable to them and inspiring them to be accountable. Yeah. What can be, A, what can be more important? And what happens is, when you master this and when you're living it, it shows up on the bottom line. 
And it's what separates you. There's, there's far too many companies out there with leaders. There's far too many people that aren't living an accountable life. And when you're living an accountable life and building accountability into the culture of your organization and the fabric of who you are and what you're doing, then it sets you apart and you will achieve beyond what you could have ever imagined achieving. The goals that you set for this past year will, will be so small by comparison to what you do because you'll be driving everything through the lens of accountability. And that because of what it produces is why accountability is your competitive advantage. Everyone has products and services. They're all the same for the most part, but accountability is what will differentiate you. And I, that's I love, the I love this. It's a differentiation strategy for every single person listening. Sam, this has been 100% pure gold for my audience. This is one of those episodes that I personally want to rewind and re-listen to because I, I, I knew I wasn't going to be able to take notes because I've talked with you before. And I know how fast you can run through these principles because it's ingrained in the fabric of what you do. Um, but I'm going to take a ton of I'm going to take a ton of notes. So I go back through this. Here's the thing. You're cha- you challenge people essentially to have more accountable lives and to be accountable to other people. And you've given people a fresh new way to think of a word that they so haphazardly just use in everyday life and take it real, not just serious, but you but to to put it into everything that you do. You like you say, it's. It is the backbone to getting results with clients. It is your competitive advantage in the marketplace. It is, it is tied to the bottom line when it's, when it's looked at and acted upon in the way that you teach. Absolute gold. Jill says she needs to watch the replay and, and take more notes. Great show. Hey, Jill. Uh, I agree. Accountability is your competitive advantage. That's your mantra now, Justin. Um, and I appreciate you guys being on here listening. Sam, I appreciate you. Are you going to come back? You bet. Yeah, to the, to the not your average Sam show. To the not your average Sam show. That's what we're going to call we go. it. Now. The next time we're, I'm going to have new channel art, and we're going to call it the not your average Sam show. The next time you're here. So Justin's asking if you have a course because he needs a course after he reads, reads the books. Um, Justin, you get on Clubhouse a lot. You should invite Sam to be on Clubhouse with you um, because Sam uh, is, is filling the waters of Clubhouse right now. I know you're in there. In fact, that's how we re- got reconnected, Sam. Right. right. I mean, we've known each other for years, but our paths uh, crossed back on Clubhouse. Yeah. And there's let's connect. There's courses. There's all kinds of great stuff. I can help you take this deeper. Yeah. So make sure you go to samsilverstein.com. I'll put it in the show notes as well. I'll put the links. There's there's a lot of I mean, quite honestly, it's there's not just one book that people should own of yours. It's all of the books because they all build upon the next one. Um, But I thank you for your time, your energy your passion, and more importantly, your expertise to uh, to pour out here to my audience, Sam. If you're listening to this and it's your first or it's your 30th time, I appreciate you sharing this out, sharing it with friends, sharing it with people that you care and love about, sharing it with colleagues and people that you know this can impact their business. And until uh, the next time, next week, let's say goodbye to Sam. Sam, thanks again for being here. My pleasure. Tune in next week for the Not Your Average Joe Show with international business mentor Joe Soto 